welcome to North Church. My name is Olivia, and we're so excited that you're here with us this morning. In a moment, the band is going to come out and sing a few worship songs. Then we're going to hear an important, powerful message from one of North Church's Bible teachers. They're going to encourage and inspire us to go deeper in our relationship with the Lord. All in all, you can expect service to last about one hour. If you want to know more about what's going on throughout North Church, check us out online at northchurch.net. Scroll to the bottom of the page and click on the e-bulletin. There you'll be able to read all that's going on at the church. If you find that you still have questions, feel free to visit the information counter out in the lobby. There some volunteers will be happy to answer any questions you might have. Also, check out our coffee bar. There's a variety of drinks and pastries and it's all supported by your generosity. If this is your first time at North Church, or if you've been coming for a couple weeks now, we'd love to get the chance to meet you. So please take the time after service to go to a brief five-minute meeting called First Connect. There, you'll be able to meet the host pastor and learn what your next steps are for plugging into the church. Parents, this announcement is for you. North Church loves coming alongside you for the spiritual growth of your child. So we want to let you know that after service, when you pick up your child, you'll be handed a piece of paper called Parent Q. With this resource, you'll be able to continue teaching your child at home the biblical lessons and concepts that are taught to them in their classes on Sunday mornings. The North Kids team is super excited that this month is all about forgiveness and loving others. North Church desires everyone to connect in healthy and growing relationships and to grow as wholehearted followers of Christ. So we offer an amazing 10-week discipleship experience called Rooted, and the spring session begins next month. We do offer childcare for this session, and registration opens on March 5th. So if you have any questions, do not hesitate to contact Pastor Glendy, because this is an awesome opportunity for you to take your next step in saying yes to God. Those are all the announcements we have for you today. If after service you find that you're in need of prayer, step forward and a member of our prayer team will be happy to pray with you. Also, get out your mobile devices and check into North Church on Facebook right now because every three check-ins provides one item for a welcome basket for refugee families coming to Spokane. All right, now it's time to sing. Will you please stand? Good morning, North Church.
to North Church. Glad you're all here with us this morning. Um, uh, the snow, right? Come on. We don't got to talk about it another week in a row. Hey, something we really value here is connection uh, and good, healthy connection with uh, everyone in our church. And so if you're new here or maybe you're a little uh, newer here, I would love to meet you at First Connect under the monitor right over here. But right now, why don't you go ahead and turn and just meet the people around you and welcome them this morning. Hey, again, if, if you're new or uh, been coming here for a while and you're wanting to get connected, um, I would love to meet with you uh, after the service at our first connect. It'll just be right under this monitor here just for a few minutes. Just love to talk, uh, meet you. 
and uh, hear a little bit about you and how you can be connected here. Hey, so one thing that uh, our church is really invested in is something called Rooted. Maybe you've heard of that. Uh, if you've been coming here for any length of time, you've probably heard this mentioned just a few times. So we have our Rooted Spring Session uh, starting up in a few weeks here. So we have registration opening up today. So I want to give you just uh, a few highlights of what it is and maybe why you should sign up for it. So uh, Rooted really is a 10-week journey that you'll go through with another a group of people in a small group. And what you'll do in that is you'll discuss life and you'll discuss uh, the areas that your uh, faith uh, is in, uh, invested in and the areas that your faith, uh, um, I don't know what I'm saying here. I am really sorry. Uh, the areas that your life, that your faith touches. So uh, what you'll do is you'll pray together, you will serve together, and you'll share your story with one another, and then at the end of it, you'll come together and you'll celebrate all the things that God did. So in essence, what it is, is it's a 10-week journey that you go through with a small group of people, and you discuss life and your faith. So that's the what. Uh, here's the why of the, the reason that you should do it. So maybe if you've been wondering, you've been coming here for a while, and you've been wondering, why do I really need to go through Rooted? Or maybe you're uh, newer here, and you're wondering, okay, why do I need to do this? What do I need to do? Here's the simple fact is that Jesus asks us to. Now, you might be thinking, I don't think Jesus talks about rooted in the Bible. That is true. Jesus doesn't talk about rooted. But the things that he consistently asks us to do is to go deeper with him. He consistently asks us and challenge, challenges his disciples and, his, and uh, us today to go deeper and to find deeper connections with him and to figure out how the the practical aspects of our faith how we apply that into our life and so whether you are young or whether you are old we should all aspire to continually go deeper in our relationship with god and really that is what rooted is it is this adventure this journey that you go through through 10 weeks and there's really no good no convenient time to set aside 10 weeks to go through uh, a study or what is rooted with a group of people. You really just have to say, I'm going to invest in this uh, for 10 weeks and I'm just going to jump in. Now, Jesus also challenges us to go and make disciples. Um, for those of you who've maybe gone through rooted before, or maybe you're much a little bit more mature in your faith, but you haven't gone through rooted, Jesus also challenges us to go out and make disciples and to walk alongside someone else who maybe uh, is more new in their faith or doesn't know who Jesus is. So I would challenge you as well, and I think the scripture challenges us, if you've gone through it, why don't you bring someone with you and walk alongside of them? This is probably where I have gotten the most out of rooted, the times that I've gone through, is when I've brought a group of young people through uh, rooted and, and gone the 10 weeks with a group of young adults and just seeing what God has done in their life. It's really been amazing. And I think the Bible speaks to this in really, really simple terms. One, Jesus says, go and make disciples in all nations. We know that that's what we should do. But also, if we look at, uh, let's look at John chapter one for a second here. The simplicity of this, where uh, Jesus goes and makes his first disciples and then uh, what his disciples go and do. So if we look at John 1, verse 40, it says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the guys who heard 
about who Jesus was. And it says, Andrew went to find his brother, Simon. He went and found him. And he told him, we found the Messiah. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. And then if we go on, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come and follow me. Then Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph, Joseph of Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael, can anything good come from Nazareth? This is what Philip replied, come and see for yourself. Now, I think that's really powerful and really simple as well, that one thing that we do as followers of Christ, as we go find people close to us, we tell them about what we've experienced, and then we bring them to Jesus. And as simple as, you know, why do I need to go through Rooted? Why do I need to do this? Why do I need to do that? The simple answer is, why don't you just come and see? Um, when you tell your friend, or maybe you even sitting here right now, why do I need to do that? Why do I need to invest in this? Uh, I think the simple answer is, come and see. And I believe that Jesus will affect you in greater and deeper ways than you can imagine. So uh, registration opens today. The Connections team will be out in the lobby. Please go and register and sign up for that today. We also are offering our Rooted Kids, which is infants through fifth grade, I believe, for parents who are going through Rooted. And so we'd love to, uh, for you to bring your kids and for them to go through something that is uh, uh, at their age as well. So with that, if you have any questions, the Connections team would love to answer those out in the lobby. Otherwise, why don't we go ahead and stand. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to sing together. God, we just thank you for today, Lord. Thank you for who you are. And uh, we just love uh, that you want us to go deeper with you. Uh, I'm constantly amazed by the, the times that I think that maybe I've reached it all. God, but you continually surprise me with the depth of your love and your mercy and who you are, that there, there is no end. You are uh, infinite, God. And so we ask, Lord, that even this morning, God, that we would go deeper with you and that we would find you and we would be filled with you this morning. I pray this in your name. Amen. Let's sing together. Jesus, you are 
ability to change our hearts, to soften our hearts. God, to come into this place and breathe on us, Lord. God, that no matter where we're at today, in a high, in a low, somewhere really tough, God, God, thank you for meeting us right where we're at, God. Exalt you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's just spend a moment and just reflect on his goodness. Let's exalt him in this place in our prayers. Would you take a seat? And let's just pray. want to ask you uh, in the next week to be praying for Serve Spokane. I know uh, that uh, Serve Spokane serves a lot of people in our community, uh, probably about 1,500 per month of food and clothing. And right now, they're in need of uh, clothing for men and for children, shoes, as well as personal hygiene items in order to continue to give uh, to our community. So if you'll be thinking about them, praying for them, and bringing things up uh, to our collection area that's over there on our campus, the big blue bin that's right there, or on a Sunday as well. So uh, we're going to receive a, our tithes and offering right now. And one of the things that we uh, support, we support Serve Spokane. We also support many other ministries in our community and missions around the world. And so every time that we give, we're really making a difference, a very tangible difference in people's lives. So thank you for your giving. So if the ushers will come right now to receive that, I'm gonna dive right in to our message this morning. 
Many of you may know that this is kind of the last week was the week of the launching or the kickoff of a season in the Christian calendar called Lent. And uh, so Lent typically starts on Ash Wednesday and then goes for about six weeks leading up to Easter. And it's a time to kind of get our hearts right, to turn back to God, to remember the death and the resurrection of Jesus and uh, to recenter ourselves leading up to Easter. And, and that's, we, matter of fact, last year we did a lot with Lent and celebrated that. Uh, this year we didn't have a specific uh, uh, program or anything that we're doing with it. But I wanna encourage you to be letting God speak to your heart over the next several weeks leading up to Easter. Well, this past Wednesday though, uh, Scott and I, Pastor Scott and I, were going to get together, go downtown, spend some time in order to just plan and be together, pray. We try to do that every, every three or four months together where we'll get a whole block of time. And so uh, we're both one-car families. And so neither of us thought about the need for a car to get downtown. But I texted him in the morning. I said, can you get your car? Can you kind of like pry it out of Rochelle's hands? And he said, no. And I couldn't get it from Tisa. And so I thought, what are we going to do? And then I had this idea of an adventure. And I said, okay, don't worry. I, we'll, I, I know about a ride. And so I show up in the morning. It's cold. It's windy. It's time to go out uh, to go downtown. It's about 1130. We're going to go have lunch downtown and then spend that afternoon together. And so I put on my beanie. I put on my down jacket. I put on my gloves. And we go outside. I said, are you ready for the adventure? And he's like, what, is anything wrong? I'm like, no, nothing's wrong. Let's go outside. So we went outside. The wind is blowing. It's freezing cold. It's ready to snow. He's looking for the nearest car in the parking lot. And I'm like, we're taking a bus. He's like, oh, well, thanks for telling me. You know, you happen to dress, right? Like you're going to the North Pole and I'm not. I'm like, oh, sorry about it. I forgot. Yeah, it is windy out. We're going to be at a bus stop. So we go up to the bus stop, we load onto the bus. I paid for his fare, it was $1.50. We go downtown, and then we spend that afternoon uh, downtown, and we're, uh, we're, we're planning, and we're hanging out, and then it's time to go, and so we have to catch the bus back. I'm not great with schedules and buses and all that, but I knew we had to get to the STA Plaza, you know, at four o'clock, or actually 3.59. We got there, we had missed the bus because we showed up like two minutes late. And I'm telling you, the buses are pretty timely around here. And so we're at the SDA Plaza waiting for our bus to come back up north. And, uh, and it's cold and it's windy. And just then I noticed, well, I, mean, I think it was Scott who noticed that there was a priest there who was doing Ash Wednesday ashes, you know? And we're sitting there and we're thinking, it's freezing cold, but it's Ash Wednesday, let's go ash up, you know? And so, he did his thing, and, and, you know, that to me is significant because it's, one, it's a public statement. It's hard to walk around and have people not know, right? And then secondly, is that it reminds us that we came from dust, we returned to dust, and it's, an, it's just a significant reminder. So this lady comes up from behind me. She's with the spokesman review or something like that and says, I took your picture, and uh, so I'm, I'm going to post it. And I'm like, oh, okay, what's your name? And so I told her, Mike Mead. What's the other guy's name? Scott Kilpatrick. He's in line waiting. We're the only two people in the whole area that was doing this. And, uh, and then she said, so you're Catholic. And I'm like, no, actually I'm not. I'm, I'm a believer in Jesus. And, and the Episcopal, Episcopal priest goes, I'm not Catholic either. I'm an Episcopal priest. And, 
I said, we're just one big happy family, you know? So we get on the bus and we head back and a guy on the bus just keeps staring at us, staring us down. You know, maybe it was that big black cross on our forehead, I'm not sure. But he's like, oh yeah, blankety, blankety, blank, Ash Wednesday. Only on the city bus are you going to encounter that. But you know, we headed out for just a simple time together and we end up in this kind of like adventure together. And there's something about adventure that you have to leave the beaten path, right? You have to kind of take a risk and there's nothing like an adventure to be on an adventure together with someone else. Today I wanna, that had nothing to do with anything, but I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna launch us into this adventure now, into this new series called uh, Just Like Jesus, because I wanna be like him and we're gonna look at Jesus. We're gonna look in the Gospel of John at seven I am statements of Jesus. We're only gonna do one today. Uh, and then we're gonna celebrate communion together. And you can guess which one we're gonna look at today, talk about today, is the bread of life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Now these seven I am statements that we find in the Gospel of John are really significant because it's Jesus equating himself to God, saying, I am God, and here's what I'm like. And so he begins to unpack uh, who he is. He says, I'm the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I am the vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the resurrection. And these are all found in the Gospel of John. And they come, if you'll remember, when Moses was on the backside of the desert, and he had this encounter with the burning bush, and he met with God, and God told him to go back to Egypt, and represent him back in Egypt. You remember that Moses said, but who do I say sent me when I'm confronted? And when I do these miracles, who do I tell him about? And God said, here's what you tell him. Tell him, I am sent you. I am. And that word is loaded with meaning because it mean, God was saying, I am the self-existent one. Nobody created me. I'm your creator. I'm your sustainer. I am the Lord, Yahweh. I am the Lord. I don't submit to anyone. I am God above all other gods. And all of that is within this statement, I am. And so when Jesus uses the very same verbiage, he's saying, just like the Father said, I am, Jesus is saying, I am. I am. I am God. I, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you have a Bible, open with me to John chapter 6, verse 35. And this is where we'll pick up the very first statement. Where Jesus declared, he said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, I, I want to suggest that there's three things. One, God wants to be bread for you. He wants to do something for you. God wants to be bred in you. He's, he's at work inside of you. And then God wants to be bred with us. He's doing something collectively together. So we're going to look at those three things. Now, to, to understand this statement that I just kind of pulled out of verse 35, you've got to really look at the full context of chapter 6. And so you'll remember, again, if you have a Bible, turn to the very beginning of chapter 6, and what you will note there 
is that there is a miracle that Jesus does with bread, with bread. It's at the very beginning of chapter 6. Let's look at it. Jesus and his 12 disciples had landed on the beach at the Sea of Galilee, and there's this huge crowd that begins to form because people knew that hanging around Jesus had benefits. And so they collected around wherever he was, word would get out, a humongous crowd would gather. And so he was doing miracles. He was healing people. He was delivering people from demon possession. And so people wanted to be around that. People wanted to participate in the miracles that Jesus would do. And so it says here in the passage that 5,000 men were there. Obviously, wherever 5,000 men are, you're going to have women and children as well. And so probably 20,000 or so people there. And that's a pretty big crowd. And there wasn't enough food to feed the crowd. Matter of fact, there wasn't hardly any food. And Jesus begins to ask his disciples, uh, how are we going to take care of this need? Now, if, how many of you have gone to a concert at the Gorge? You know, if the, not many of you. Well, you know, let's say there was a full concert there, about 20,000 people, and they're all sitting outside and no one brought any food, and you were responsible to feed them. That's kind of a heavy weight, isn't it? So Jesus asks his disciples, where were you going to go buy food and, and feed these people? Now, he was testing them. He knew exactly what he wanted to do, and often God asks us questions that he already knows the answer to. Have you found that in your walk with him? That he'll ask you a question, not because he's lacking information, but because he wants to see how we will respond. Because he's constantly inviting us into a relationship with him, and even some of the amazing miracles he wants to do, he's wanting us to participate in them. And so he asks his disciples this question, what are you going to do? How are we going to feed them? And they're like, I don't know. I don't have enough money. Nobody has enough money to do that. And, and, uh, and so he, they, as you'll remember, they had, Jesus had everybody sit down on the grass and they find this little boy who had five loaves and two fish. And he, they bring it to Jesus and they bring him to Jesus and they say, this is what we have. This is what we've come up with. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd be a little concerned about that point. But Jesus wasn't. In John chapter 6, verse 11, Jesus took those loaves, he gave thanks, and he distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. And so Jesus begins to feed all of these people with bread because he wants to do something for you. Jesus is the provider of our daily needs. Jesus is constantly at work for us. Isn't that good news? That God loves us, even the details of our life. He cares about your needs. He even cares about many of your wants. And he, he's at work on our behalf. I love that. I mean, we often forget that. And so we stress out. We try to solve our own problems. We get anxious. We worry. And yet God wants to remind you this morning that he is the bread of life. He's your bread. He's your sustainer. He's the one that works on your behalf. He's inviting you into uh, participating in miracles in your life. Prayer is a key part of those unlocking those miracles. You remember Jesus teaching his disciples to pray. He said, 
pray like this. He said, give us this day our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. What are you praying for? Carl and Karen Landris, members in our church, lost their home to a, a wildfire uh, this past year. And when I say lost their home, I mean burned to the ground. Nothing left. Every memory, everything that they owned, gone. They escaped just with their lives and their little dog. And that was it. And uh, so they're in this situation where obviously everything over years of a lifetime taken in moments away. And so uh, obviously devastating, huge loss. And yet they're people of prayer, they're people of faith, they're people who were trusting God in the midst of this huge loss and they begin to pray. And they begin to um, ask God for his help and to replenish what had been taken from them. And little by little by little, I mean, just within weeks, things began to happen. Uh, let me just share a couple of them. One of the things that happened immediately was their next door neighbor had their house up for sale. Next door neighbor did not lose their house, but ended up saying, hey, you guys are welcome to stay here and live here. It's right next door to your house. We'll take it off the market and uh, you're able to, it's fully furnished and you're able to just stay here until you rebuild your house. What a huge provision. Another simple thing, Carl was leading, uh, Carl and Karen were helping with uh, worship in our preschool, playing the guitar for our, for our little ones and lost his guitar in the fire. And somebody within the church, uh, one of the dear sisters in the church ended up feeling led to just give him a Martin guitar, a guitar better than the one that he had and, uh, and just blessed him with that. Karen lost all of her curriculum and all of her books. She's a teacher in the Valley helping kids to read, a reading specialist. And, and, uh, and unbeknownst to her, the Barnes and Noble in the Valley began doing this huge book drive on her behalf and ended up replenishing her with many of the classics that were lost in that fire. And I could go on and on and on. And, and, and this is just one example of miracles that God does on our behalf as we pray, as we trust him as they did in our lives, what do you need? What do you need? Where is it that you're trusting God, praying for a provision? I wanna remind you this morning that God wants to work for you. He wants to work on your behalf. He cares about you. He feeds us. He sustains us. He blesses us with good things. So after this miracle of multiplication in the disciples' lives and in all of those who were there on that day, uh, they, they were fed, they were filled, they were blown away with how good God was. Gives us things we don't even deserve. And so they pack up in the boat and they go to the other side and all of a sudden they get out and, and here's another group of people. Another group of people wanting something from Jesus. And when they found him, uh, Jesus said to them, you want to be with me because I fed you. That's verse 26. You want to be with me because I fed you. And so he's saying, yeah, I, I do things for you, but I want to live in, in you. I'm calling you into a relationship with me. And he, he basically challenged them at that point. He said, why are you seeking after me? Why are you following me? 
Is it so that I'm going to give you your favorite flavor of bread? You know, how many of you like pumpernickel bread? I hate pumpernickel, you know. And if I was following after Jesus for the right kind of bread and he gave me that, I would feel cheated. You know, sourdough, I like it. Pumpernickel, I hate it. And oftentimes we seek after God for what he'll do for us, right? And if it's the right flavor, if it's the right provision, if it's the right thing at the right time, then good God. And if he didn't do it the way we wanted, in the timing we needed it, bad God. And Jesus saw this in the hearts of the people that were following him. And he, he, said, he, he said, I have something more to give you than just bread, than just to do stuff for you. And they said in verse 27, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. Okay, God, if you want me to believe in you, show me a miraculous sign. What can you do? John chapter 6, verse 31, after all, they said our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said this, I tell you the truth, Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. And Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. See, Jesus came not only to do something for you, but to do something in you. That he wants to be the bread of life to your soul. And if we're, if we're honest, we're all hungry inside of ourselves to know why am I here? Why do I exist? What is my purpose? Where do I find happiness? How do I obtain fulfillment? Is this all there is? And Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly because he came to live inside you. He came to regenerate your soul. He came to forgive you. He came to be bread to your soul. Whether you're here and you believe that and you understand that and you say yes to that or whether you're here and you're exploring that, wondering, is that really true? Jesus invites you to, to experience him, to taste and see that the Lord is good. See, manna came from heaven to feed the children of Israel when they were in a very difficult place, living in a desert, living in a wilderness, and God miraculously provided for them. But Jesus is saying that was just a foreshadow of things to come. I'm what you've been waiting for because I not only care about you and do things for you, but I want to work inside you, and I'm calling you into a relationship. Jesus is living bread. He provides an answer to your soul that money will never provide. Success, more achievement, more degrees on the wall, your next high, your next sexual encounter. Nothing will fill your soul. It leaves us empty at the end of the day, but Jesus came to fill us, to meet our needs, 
The prophet Isaiah prophesied about Jesus when he said, why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good and your soul will delight in the richest affair. So Jesus does things for us, but more importantly, Jesus wants to do things in us. A relationship. You see, if we're only seeking after God for the things he will do for us, then that relationship becomes merely transactional. It's a transaction. But when we seek after knowing God for what, who he is, regardless of what he does for me, and we, we meet with him in, in the area of our soul, then we develop a depth of relationship with him that sees us through the very difficult and hardest times as well as the great times in our life. All right, the last thing before we take communion together that I wanna, that I wanna point out here is that it not only is Jesus at work, uh, for, work for you and working in you, but he's working with us collectively. He came to redeem a people, not a person. He came to redeem a people, and so that collectively, we are the body of Christ. We are his church. We are that living temple and as Americans, we have to be reminded about this a lot because we tend to get into our little bubbles, right? Into our little islands, into self-sufficiency. And the reality is, is that God is working within the context of the whole. And so every time we gather together in an environment like this, we should really celebrate that we're together. That bread is something that you serve on your, at your meal, right? With friends and with family. And that bread brings people together. Bread sustains us. Bread represents joy and it represents life. It represents fellowship. And so we gather together, remembering Jesus is the bread of life, not just in an individual way, but also in a way uh, of community, together, collectively, as his people. And so we say, God, meet with us. God, thank you that we get to be together. God, thank you that you shed your blood on the cross, not just for me, but for us, for your church. And so as the days uh, get harder, as we live in this world and live in this culture, it's not necessarily getting easier for those who are Jesus followers. We need each other. We need to unify. We need to, to be there. Every time we serve each other, every time we serve the world together, every time we forgive one another, every time we worship Christ together, every time we pray together. See, Jesus says, I'll be there, I'll meet with you collectively together because I'm working with you, not just in you and not just for you. So I want to invite you to the Lord's table this morning as we celebrate communion. Communion is so much more than just a religious ceremony. Communion is the celebration of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the I am, the, the living bread. Communion is a perfect way to kick off the season of Lent, a time leading up to Easter where we reflect, where we repent, where we draw close to God, where we receive forgiveness, and remember that he's there. And so as you come forward um, to take communion this morning, I want to uh, invite you to come and bring your needs to God. 
What is it that you need God to do for you? Where is it that you lack? What is it that you need? Trust him. Trust him. He's still working miracles. He cares about you. He cares about the details of your life. Bring those to him. You don't have to be embarrassed about that. You don't have to feel selfish about that. You bring him your needs. That's part of him being the bread of life. But don't stop there, right? Where is it that he wants to work in you? In you, regardless of what he does for you. Where is it in your soul where you're hungry, where you're unsatisfied, where you're unfulfilled, where you're hurting? Bring those to him and invite him to work into the deepest places of your heart, your emotions, your soul, your mind. And then let's celebrate. If you're with a friend or a family member, come up and celebrate that. And if you're not, you're part of this family. And we're together. And we embrace one another. We're a community of faith. And so as you come, celebrate what he's doing with us collectively. So I want to pray for us and then invite us to come up. God, we uh, just come to you this morning. And we thank you, Father, for... Um, caring about us, loving us, coming to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And as we receive communion this morning, Lord, we're praying that you would work powerfully in us, that you told us, Jesus, that unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you'll have no part of me. And you invite us to metabolize your very presence. And so, Lord, today, would you do that in me, Lord, work in me, strengthening us collectively and individually. Lord, we want to bring you our needs, our cares, and even some of the things that we're unsure of. Is it a need or a want? And we're just going to bring those things to you today, God, and ask that you work powerfully. But more than anything, Lord, we want to know you. We want to know the power of your resurrection. We want to experience you today. So, Lord, would you fill our hungry soul with good things? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, take your time. No rush as we worship. Uh, feel free as you feel led to come up. Take a piece of bread. Dip it in the juice. And remind yourself that as you take that, you're taking something. You're ingesting more than just bread and juice. You're ingesting the very presence of God into your life, allowing him to work and be the bread of life for you. Let's do that.
before we go, I wanted us to um, ask the question, what can we do now to become more like Jesus? He's that bread of life. You're not that, I'm not that, right? But our world is hungry. They're physically hungry. Many people are, are struggling with financial needs and there's poverty around the world and hunger. But even more so, there's this hunger in the soul. People needing to experience grace and forgiveness. Needing to experience why Jesus came for them, to fill them, love them. And the scripture teaches us that we are Christ's ambassadors. And he makes his appeal to the world through us. And so as those who experience that living bread on that regular basis, what can we do? Well, we can first look for ways to meet needs, right? If we're able to meet a need in another person's life, let's meet that need. Let's be people who are generous givers, contributors in our community right here in Spokane and, and around the world as God leads us to participate in helping where there's, where there's people suffering and people hurting. Jesus did that. Let's do that. But then let's go that deeper level as well and say, what can, what can I do to help someone know him and experience him so that it's not just God doing things for a person, but it's God doing something in a person. And maybe that's a meal that you invite someone to, a cup of coffee and a scone. That's a piece of bread. But maybe it's a person at your workplace that you struggle with. But God wants you to begin to pray for them and then invite them to go out to a meal together or go out to, co to coffee together and break bread together, so to speak, and share life with them. But let's be asking God, how can I now, Lord, let you appeal through me to help bring life and substance care and spiritual life to other people. Maybe it's as simple as just inviting them to church, inviting them where God is at work with us because there's something powerful about that. When someone comes to your life group or comes to a, a service and they experience the presence of God, it's powerful. So let's be inviters as well. So Lord, we just thank you for what you're doing in us what you have done for us, and what you're doing with us. And we pray as we go from this place, Lord, that you will help us to represent living bread well. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Pastor Nate will be over here in our first connect to meet those of you who may be new and would love to find out how you can make a next step of connection. And otherwise, um, have a wonderful day today. We'll see you next week.